Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. Boom, reference checking is so important yet so underutilized. Why is that? Apparently it's just too time consuming. But when you fail a reference check, you are dramatically increasing the likelihood of making the wrong hire. And on top of that, you're missing out on the potential of a recruiting opportunity. Today's quote, references drive the industry. Any idea who said that, Mr. Eves Lermusi? I have no clue. That was Mark Hurd. He's an American businessman. And I'm Rick Gerard. Welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Our mission is to help entrepreneurs and hiring managers avoid costly hiring mistakes. We do this by identifying a specific problem and providing proven solutions to help your company win the right hire. We share insights from top-performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors, and industry experts like our guest today, Yves Lermoussi. He is the co-founder and CEO of Chexter. Chexter is powering talent decisions of organizations and providers of staffing and HR services. The company aims to improve the world's productivity and harmony by increasing job fit and work achievement, as well as personal career satisfaction and fulfillment. Eves is a well-known public speaker and a career and talent industry commentator. He is often quoted by leading business media worldwide and has been named as one of the 100 most influential people in the recruiting industry, which makes Eves a perfect expert for today's topic. Eves, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. Thank you for having me. All right, we're going to discuss a few things today. We're going to talk about reference checking. Why is checking references important? We're going to talk about voice reference checks versus digital reference checks. And then we're going to provide a framework for successful reference checks. Sound like fun? I think it will be also, most importantly, very relevant for our audience. Yeah. Eves, let's start with reference checking. What's the issue? Well, it's it's interesting that you started with a quote from Mike Hurt, which is he is actually the ex CEO of HP and was at Oracle and unfortunately passed away recently. I had the, the privilege to to meet him in the past. And it's interesting that he said that that references are kind of the, 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 the basic things. The problem right now is that people don't do it. People just think that one interview is good enough to assess candidates. And and that's the, the main issue is that people don't do it anymore or when they do, they don't do it well. Yeah, that's very true. So not doing it, I mean, that's pretty obvious, right? They just don't take the time to do it. But how do you do it wrong? Well, let's maybe dive a little bit why people don't do it. You see, first is because they don't believe in it and because they do it wrong. So you see, both are, are, are linked. So when they do it wrong is often they just speak to the two best friends that have been given by the candidates. And so it's more an endorsement. Or their mom. Or their mom or their family <laughs> member or, you see. And, and so it's more an endorsement really than a true reference. And, and that's, I think, the foundations of the first mistake. So I find that you have to conduct it kind of like an interview, Right. And it should be not a leading the witness type interview. And most reference checks tend to be a leading the witness type, you know, conversation. So is this person good with this or this? Would you say this person is, you know, teamwork oriented or does he like to work alone, right? Where you're feeding people answers. 
that's one of the issues as well. It's, it's about asking the right questions. So the third thing is obviously, hey, get, get the right people, speaking to the right people. The second one is what type of discussions you will have. And so obviously leading them to just say, hey, isn't he great at this type of job because that's what you're looking for? One of the things as well, and if it's done by a recruiter or an admin person, not the hiring managers themselves, it's often a checkbox at the end of the process. And there is often what we call the confirmation bias. Hey, this candidate passed everything. We just don't want anything to block to block it. And so that, that's what leads often to half listen to the, to, to the questions, even if the questions are good. Or I would imagine when they're taking notes on the references, what ends up happening is they leave out the bad parts and put the good parts in. Yes. And, and that's where I would say the third elements could come into motion is that when you think about it and rightfully you say, hey, when someone speaks to a reference, it's a filter. Could be a candidate, could be a manager, is listening to something and then transcribing into something else. If you get a direct relationship, which is typically more digital relationship where you ask the reference to participate online, you get the straight truth coming straight from the interface, which is typically an online questionnaire, back to the, the decision maker. So there is no filtering anymore. There are tools, though. One of our old sponsors is a company called Honeit, and they actually have a tool that you can, it's an interview tool, but you can hear everything in the person's own words. So you can use those type of tools as well if you're doing a voice conversation. Correct. And all, full disclosure, you see, Chexter has one of the tools that does something like that. Oh, you do it too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We, we do have the ability to, to get the feedback from the references straight, you see, to the hiring managers by asking the right questions, doing it digitally, etc. So it is, it is definitely one way to do it better than to it over the phone. Because over the phone, some of the best search firms are great to do it. They will ask questions, follow on questions, and what about this, what about that? Most of the time, though, they're not, it's, it's more, you see, let's follow a questionnaire and clack, 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 done. So it, it is not that great. One of the things that we see in that checkster, which is very interesting, is the fact that when people are online versus speaking to someone, they're actually more truthful. And we've seen that there are people that are kind of bullying, you see, cyberbullying, like we call it, at all level of the world today. And it's done mostly online when you're not facing someone else. And that, that's very interesting. But the positive of that is that you can also get more truthfulness, more people coming forward with things when it's done digitally, when it's done through, through an interface. So we're talking about the advantages of doing it digitally as opposed to voice, right? I agree with you that there's some advantages. My challenge with doing it digitally is you can't actually dig deeper via digital question, right? So if somebody gives an answer, you have to go back and forth with them to dig deeper to get information out of them, right? That's correct. Yeah. And, and one doesn't preclude the other one. As you, you started by saying, hey, they, t they take too much time. And that's often the pushback. Hey, I don't have, you see, a couple of hours to speak to references, etc. Well, what about if you do a first round digitally, where you get a fair amount of feedback? And then if you do still have questions, you can follow up with a phone call. One doesn't preclude the other. That's true. Okay, so you're saying the first touch point should be the filling out a questionnaire that's, that's digitally, and you think that you're getting a more honest answer base out of the people who are doing the references, as opposed to when you're calling somebody and you have them on the spot. That's correct. That's what we hear from our customers. I mean, we do have 
1,500 customers, top leading staffing firms, etc., using the tool. And, and often I remember the, the head of HR IT at a very large privately held company just came to us one day. We were in the, in the social environment and he just said, you wouldn't believe what I get out of those questionnaires, those online things. And he was saying, I would never have had that if I was calling the people. And, and rightfully so, what we do have is people just saying in writing, don't hire this guy or lazy or it's, it's surprising when you see that. But yes, it, it does happen. But you know what? That is a good thing. That's a good thing to get that information out. And if somebody's using a reference, if that's a reference that the candidate is handed to the company? That's correct. So there, there are different ways of doing it. You can do either what is typically called in the industry backdoor references. Hey, Rick, you gave me those two references, but I'm going to also check other people that you didn't give me, hence backdoor. But what we see is that asking actually more references than you're just your two friends, you start to get a lot of truthful and you see things that people typically will don't necessarily want to be seen firsthand because you, you limit it to the, the two best friends. And that's linked to a, a research that we did is number of references is very important. Often within organization, two to three is the rule because time is scarce and you can't spend too much time. What we've seen is that if you compare two references versus four, that the turnover increased 80% between four and two references. And that was based on over 50,000 references done. And so you can see that more references there is, more accurate it is, and better hires you make. But you know what? I would argue that I've seen a lot of companies will get three or four references, but they'll only talk to one and still continue through and then scrap the rest. Exactly. That's why in this case, it was four where they were contacted and they got the feedback from. Wow. All right. You're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm Rick Gerard. And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment for our sponsors. Hey, check out what we do at stridesearch.com. There you're going to find additional content resources about what we do and information on how you can book me for your next meeting or conference. Today, our guest is Yves Lermoussi. He is the CEO and co-founder of Chexter. And we're talking about reference checking. So we just talked a little bit about what we're doing wrong. So let's talk about, you mentioned earlier, Yves, that designing the questions properly and asking the right things. So what is the right question or how do you ask the right questions? And that, that's the, the, the core things. And the first elements of, of good questioning is just make sure, like you were saying earlier on, is don't lead people. So start wide in terms of open-ended question. You see, would you rehire this individual? And then they will start to open up because sometimes we are too focused on skills and research showed that actually more attitude is the reason why people don't pan out. So starting wide, you will see where people lead you. There is also a couple of, of way of asking kind of area of improvements without, you see, drawing them just to say, hey, what other area? Also understanding, you see, what are the key driver of success for the job? And that's where what we call validation, the fact of what you've been asking pre-hire, then you look after post-hire, do they pan out as being great performer within the organization? And that's the, the, the best and most advanced, but also hardest way to get to the core questions. I have plenty of anecdotes there if you want to, to dive into it. Yeah, you just said a key thing, though, is that this reference checking is a validation point, right? 
That, and it should verify that all the information you gathered and the evidence you gathered in the interview process is either correct or disprove it. And if, the, if you are getting the reference checks back and people are saying, God, this person's lazy and terrible and wouldn't hire him, then you should probably listen to him. And actually, you should probably readjust your, your interview process to gather that information so that you don't hit it in the reference check, right? And that's correct. And one of the interesting thing as well is that reference check typically has been done at the tail end of the process on the final candidates to just, hey, let's make sure a little bit like the background check. Let's make sure we're not making a mistake, right? What is enabled today, especially when it's digital, when there is less work up front is why don't we do it on the two to three finalists? And then you can use it more like an assessment to ask better questions during the final interview. And you don't have the bias that you just say, hey, he's the guy. I, I dis disregard whatever negative things I may I may have seen. So th that's one of the key elements as well. Use it more like an assessment rather than use it as a checkbox. We are not avoiding only bad hires. You know, what's interesting is that a lot of times in the interview process, as you're going through somebody's background, as a hiring manager, what you should probably be doing is hitting those touch points and say, well, talk to me about your manager. What would this person say about your work that you did there? And then pin them down and say, hey, look, can I call your manager and talk to him about that? It's going to get you closer to the truth of who that person is. But it's a really good checkpoint as to whether or not that person is a high-performing individual. That's correct. And th that makes me think of a customer of ours that was saying, hey, imagine, and it's because we are human, we believe that interviewing someone for an hour will give you us more insight than people that may have worked with them for years. And, and that's the, the kind of flows that we have. Because when you think about it, most of your audience, probably when they're hiring, they do mostly interviews. They may do, you see, assessments, some assessments, probably some background check and references. You need to add those elements. And a number of academics did some research and they just say when, you see, there is a, a well-structured interview, well-run, that's a good predictor. Integrity, very important. And we can predict that as well with reference check, which is interesting. References, but mostly what they call peer rating, has one of the highest validity as well, which is understandable because working a long time with someone, you can see the, the plus and the minuses. That is true. I think you have to have a really solid interview process in order for you to spend an hour with somebody and know who they are. Because I, there's a lot of people who are good at interviewing. There's people that are terrible at interviewing, but actually are really high performers. So you've got to be able to extract that information pretty deliberately. And I've just found that a lot of people just aren't good at interviewing. Yeah, we, we actually, it's interesting. We had one candidate that was terrible at interviewing at, at one of our customers and they came back and they just said, but the reference check was so great. We just said, let's try. And she was a top performer, but she was like, you see, terrible. But when you have all of those data points, you can start, you see, drawing the lines and just to say, yeah, that, that's probably worthwhile. And, and vice versa. If someone is interviewing, well, you should have the confidence to put you and just say, hey, probably not. That is just a key point right there. Like, I, I love that you brought that up because the fact is there are people who get nervous. There are people who don't like to interview. I, I don't think any of us like to interview. And so, and it's a very stressful situation. So you can have somebody totally bomb an interview, but hire them based on a reference check. That is a really strong process to be able to do that. 
Yeah. And, and it's, in, it's interesting. You probably heard Reid Hoffman, you see the LinkedIn founder or co-founder, just saying, which is very interesting. He just say, if I had the choice between interview and reference check, I will take reference check hands down. Which is interesting because most of us just say, hey, can we do that? You see, can I work with someone I never interviewed? And there are some companies that are moving into those directions, especially like Amazon, you see the centers, etc. They're trying to have a process where interviewing is not even required anymore. But it's so ingrained that I'm just not saying don't interview anymore. We're still human. We still need to work together. But add other points of validations and reference check is one of them. Well, look at it, it's quite common. I do a lot of work in the Bay Area and it's quite common that you'll reach out to somebody who used to work with somebody who you're trying to place and you talk to them unofficially to get feedback on them. It happens all the time. Yeah, that's the back door, traditional back door. That, that's exactly right. Give me a few steps on if I'm an entrepreneur, what do I need to do in order for me to put the right process in place to check references properly? So. Obviously, there is the, the big questions. We already discussed that. And let's start with that. It's just saying, hey, shall I do it digitally, manually, a combo of the bo of both, etc.? I think combo of the both processes is probably the best because you can, you can start and just say, let's do it digitally. You save a lot of time. You get a lot of references. Often, especially staffing firms told us, hey, all of those references could be passive candidates for other jobs. So that's also very interesting. And it's, it's all taken care of. You stole my thunder. I was going to say, you're missing out on an opportunity if you're not talking to them. That's fantastic. And I think we'll both agree, just do them first off. I mean, don't skip out on the opportunity to check references. That's correct. And it's, it's more often, look, when, when we look at it, on average, we would say 90% of the references done because they're done at the tail end are positive, you see, but you will avoid one in 10 of hires that won't pan out. And one in 10 may not sound like a lot, but when you see the cost of a bad hire, it's significant. So if you can avoid one in 10 bad hires, someone that you see may have, you see really bad behavior for organizations, it's a, it's a big, big ROI. Is it only one in 10? I thought it was actually higher than that. Typically what we see on the, on the digital side, you see that that's what we see. When you run it at the tail end, so when you do have, you see, one or two candidates, if you run it sooner, then obviously it's very, very different. But one in 10 that it will be kind of no-go. Like, I'll give you an example. What we see about 3.7% of the time, people will create fake references. They will pretend to be their own references. So the candidates, especially when it's digital, they will pretend that. And they will even pick up the phone and just to say, hello, with a different voice and pretend to be their own references. So you obviously have an integrity issue there. The system has algorithmic detections to prevent those type of things. That's one of the elements. The other one being feedback from their colleagues, just saying, hey, bad attitude or doesn't know this and that. And so all in all, it's about 10%. And what's the next step? So the, the second one is... Make sure you have the four. I, what we call, we produced a report around that, that research. We just say, hey, the magic number for reference checking is 
speak at least or contact and get responses to at least four colleagues. Why four? I mentioned to you the, the differences. What we've seen is that having five, six, seven, it's obviously better and hundred if you could, right? But the decreasing value of those additional references doesn't add that much validity. So the magic number is really four. So make sure when you do references, you just don't speak to only their past boss you see, or only to one or two past colleagues. I'm a big believer in past performance is a key indicator of future performance, right? So like talk to their boss three jobs back, right? Because that's going to be really, really telling. Exactly. And I think you said it well, because often we looked at past experience. And when you look at the resume, that's what you judge. And I think, no, it's past performance. So how do you get the past performance without speaking to their past bosses or colleagues. And some people, you need to be careful, they're really good at managing up. So the bosses are really happy, etc. But actually, you see, managing laterally or down, they're not so great. And that's where uh, doing it more a 360 way, so 360 degree for everyone, you, you get the whole truth. So the, the second point here is make sure you speak at least to four people. Peers and managers speak to four people. What's the next piece? The type of questions you ask. So now knowing that you spoke to at least four that are relevant, and the, the relevance is important, right? We, we just assumed it, but I, I want to come back on this for a second. And when we say relevance, it needs to be recent people that you, you see you worked with, not someone you worked 10 years ago with, and, and, and all of those things. So four relevant. And some people may feel a little bit four, that's too much. What we have seen, just to give you a sense, on average, our customers get six references when they do it digitally. They get six responses, eight invitees, six responses. Six references, talk to four. No, no, they get eight invited, six response. Okay. So they get the, the responses on, on six. That's, that's the average across the board. So they are different. There are really 14, 50 brands that will attract more respondents and, and smaller shop, et cetera, that may attract less. Staffing is typically a little bit less. But you see, all in all, you see, get at least four. If you can get more, way better. So on the, the last elements, I would say is the correct questions. And we, we spoke briefly about it, rule of thumb, and we have actually a questionnaire online that you can download from our website with, with a framework for this, but typically start wide. Start wide, don't direct people like you just say, hey, aren't they great at this, etc. Start wide and then go specific to the job, but then if possible, and if you have the volume, validate what you've been asking today, that it's predicted the future performance of tomorrow. And that's typically what we do for, for high volume customers, for instance, and it's called the validations. You use IO psychologists, et cetera, and they do that. And then finally, the fourth part in the interest of kind of saving time is, you know, like we stated in the beginning, nobody does it because of time. So you're a proponent of do it digitally, start out digitally and save some of that time for yourself. That's correct, that's correct. And it's literally three clicks, entering, you see, triggering it less than the minutes, so very, very easy to do. There you go, nobody has an excuse now to not do references. <laughs> All right, what would be your three takeaways that you would wanna give the audience that can plug into their business right now? You see, the, what, what I would say, make sure you do it, you see, there is, there is a clear value for it. So Checkster is essentially, obviously, a provider of digital reference checking solution. We do more than that. We also work with, with interview and, and we post higher validation just to make sure they're, they're, they're right. So do it digitally, 
make sure you're not shy. You ask at least for four responses and make sure you ask also the hiring managers and the validations to validate those key questions that you need to ask. And with that, Yves, we are just about out of time. So I want to thank you for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what would be the best way in which entrepreneurs or members of our community can find you, reach you and check out Checkster? So Checkster, like check and S-T-E-R at the end. So Checkster, Checkster.com. It's, it's the website. You can contact me through the website, you see, and invite people there. A number of white papers and tools that can help you to do better reference check. But most importantly, what we say, smarter talent decisions. That's what we're, we're after to make sure that not only the job seeker, but the, the organizations, it's a better fit, better match, because both wins. They're productive and passionate, and that's what we're after. Now, I want to thank our listening audience for tuning into this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Christopher Decker, our producers, Andrea Ballin, Shanti Ryle, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. We love your feedback. And we would like to definitely throw a shout out to everybody who's been giving us feedback on the show. We want to make this show better for you. Join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher, that's H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O.com. Or feel free to drop me an email at rickatstridesearch.com if you want to have any questions, comments, or what have you. Tune in next week. Our guest is going to be Mark Hudo. Mark is the founder and CEO of Reveal Global Intelligence. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn Live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to recruitment success. Rick Gerard. Rick Gerard. Rick Gerard.